When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30, Chad. Belsky wins the face-off. Shot redirected home. Justin Braun has it tipped, I believe, by Pavelski. No one's better in the league at that net front type of play than Joe Pavelski. And for the first time in this series, San Jose leads. It started bad. And, oh, yes, it got worse, much worse. That was the game-winning goal 15 seconds into the game by Joe Pavelski. The San Jose Sharks go on to crush the Oilers tonight. 7-0 is the final. It is the worst loss in the postseason history of the Oilers. They had a couple of six-goal defeats. 8-2 to the Islanders in 1981, 8-2 to the Blackhawks in 1992. They have never lost by seven. The series is tied 2-2, coming back to Edmonton for Game 5 at Rogers Place on Thursday night. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10.57. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, I mean, just an absolute absolute stinker. I mean, it was just complete domination by the Sharks in, in every single way. It was. Uh, the Oilers weren't good on their power play. They weren't good on their penalty killing. They didn't get a save that they needed. They lost most puck battles, most puck races. Um, their their discipline was not there, obviously, at all. It was a night that you want to forget, and I'm sure that when you wake up tomorrow morning as, a, as an Oiler player, you're going to just try to forget it because they got more important things going forward, and that's Game 5. So, yeah, it, it was a bad night. You hope you got everything out of your system in a game like this, and you live to, to fight another day on Thursday night. San Jose going 4 for 8 on the power play. That equals a team record. Not a good one for most goals allowed on the power play in, the game, in a game by the Edmonton Oilers. Fifth time they've allowed four power play goals in one game. Oddly enough, they won two of those back in a totally different era of hockey. Cam Talbot was uh, pulled tonight. He allowed five goals on 24 shots in 32-52 of work. Martin Jones gets the shutout, making 23 saves. So third straight game, one of the two teams has won by shutout. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We have Brent on the line. Hi, Brent. Hi there. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, the Sharks always seem to come out and they seem to impose their will for the first 5, 10, even 15 minutes of the game. I'm wondering if that's uh, something that's reversible, if we can actually do that to them, or if that's just the makeup of the team. Well, it's something that the Sharks, it's not just the Edmonton Oilers that the Sharks do that to. I mean, this is... This is the type of team they are. They come out hard every game. They they actually get uh, worse as the game goes on. Their strongest period is their first, and they always come out strong. Every team talks about it. Every coach says, okay, you know, these guys come out hard. Let's go out harder at them. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Um, I would expect in game five, being on home ice, that the others are going to come out flying. I think there's a lot of players that are going to be playing guilty, and they know that the San Jose Sharks... They actually they've won games in the past in their first ten minutes. They just they come out so hard they get the lead and it's a big enough lead that they sit on it the rest of the game. In the first couple games when the when the Sharks came out hard they just weren't getting the bounces they weren't getting the big lead 
and then they, their game just started to, to trend downward, and that's where the Oilers picked it up. So I, I'm sure that Tom McClellan's going to be talking about it. Hey, we've got to come out much better than we did, and that'll be goal number one for the Oilers in, in game number five. That'll be our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. And the Oilers did start games one and two very well. I mean, they were up 2-0 in Game mm-hmm. 1. They It was scoreless after the first period in Game 2, but that's where they really established themselves physically. But just tonight, it just went completely wrong. I mean, when it was 2-0, okay, the Oilers had a couple of chances, but y- y- you knew early in the third period that there wasn't going to be any any making this a close game or a miracle comeback. In the third period? I th- did, I think I say, did I say yeah, third yeah. period? I meant second. So, yeah, I meant was, early in the second period. Yeah, it was over early. And when a team comes out and dominates early, they have to be rewarded for it. And if they're not, then all of a sudden they sink on their own bench. And tonight's the first time that we've seen the Sharks get rewarded for a good start is this is the first time they had a lead in a hockey game. So they got rewarded, and and they just kept running with it. It was just a bad night for the Oilers. They were bad in all aspects of their game. 7 nothing. the Sharks win it. We have Terry on the line. Terry, thanks for calling. Rob Reed, uh, good evening. or good. Yeah, it is still evening, I hope, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks to that uh, person in Lamont for correcting me the other night uh, about my uh, uh, Christmas greeting. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Uh, listen, you know what they say about this game. It's about 50% mental, 50% physical, and it's 50% luck. So, you know what? Things change in an awful hurry. And uh, I, I guess I got one criticism and uh, uh, and one suggestion to go along with this game. And I'm looking at this number 25 guy, and I'm just, I, I, I just don't see it. That guy is not a hockey player. He's not getting it, you know, between the years. Uh, he's got all the physical attributes, but mentally too slow. And uh, if it came down to it, um, I'd like to see Griba back in on the next game. And if worse comes to worse, I wouldn't even mind seeing Griffin Reinhardt in. So I'd like to throw that by you guys and see what you think of it. Um, I, I think that you're right in some aspects. I think Darnell Nurse has the physical tools to be a very good defenseman in the National Hockey League. I think he's still learning the game. I think there's... Uh, mistakes that he makes mentally right now that hopefully he'll play his way through. But I understand what you're saying. As for him coming out of the lineup and Griba going in, I do not see that as a possibility yet for a few reasons. One, they're high on Darnell Nurse. Two, that would just put an extra right-handed defenseman in there. So I understand your point. I don't see there be a lineup change where Nurse comes out and Griba goes in. Oilers lose 7-0 to San Jose. The series is tied 2-2. Joe Pavelski had two goals and an assist for the Sharks. The other player with three points tonight was Brent Burns, who gets three assists. Nothing for Phil the Net tonight. Booster Juice gives $25 for every Oilers goal to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. 780-496-0063. We'll go back to the phone calls in a second, Rob. Uh, if, if people missed it, Leon Dreisaitl was ejected from the game in the second period, 1344 of the period, an obvious spear on Chris Turney. Is is he getting suspended? Is he you know is he getting a phone call? What's going on? Uh, I don't think he'll be suspended. I do think they will look at it. it. It was, I mean, Brad Marchand got suspended for two games for a spear just before the season ended. 
I think Marchand's was a little more vicious. Having said that, it was just dumb. It was just dumb. You do not want to put your fate in someone else's hand. And right now the NHL is going to be looking at it saying, all right, was this worthy of him missing a game? Now the, the one positive is Tierney, who he speared, is come, came back in the game and actually played a little bit on the power play. So it wasn't a long-term injury that he, he gave to somebody. I don't think he'll be suspended. I think there could be a fine. But at the end of the day, the frustration can't make you do something that puts the team and yourself in jeopardy. And his frustration boiled over to the point that he made a dumb, dumb mistake. The three stars selected by Dan Rusinowski, who does play-by-play for San Jose, Logan Couture, Joe Pavelski, and Martin Jones. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates is one of our regular callers, Cam. Cam, you're the fourth star tonight. What's on your mind? Hey, boys, thanks. I appreciate that. That's good. Do I get anything for that? Uh, sorry, buddy. You get exactly, no exactly what all the players get. Love and admiration from us. Yeah, I get to call in, right? mm-hmm. so it's good. Um, well, just some observations uh, with Dreisaitl. I don't think he'll get suspended, but um, we'll see. Um, well, I, I was just, when, when the boys went down one nothing in the series, um, I, I said to you guys, I, I just want to get back to game five and sort it out from there. So I, I had it in my mind that we might be down 3-1 at this point and having to claw back. So I think, you know, I think that losing this game tonight, if we would have lost it close, like 3-2 or 2-1, and then come back, you know, and really played well, you know, the next night, game five back home, and and maybe, you know, it would have been up in the air and maybe didn't get that win, it could have been pretty demoralizing. But losing this one tonight, I think you just flush it and and burn the video and maybe give the, guy, give the guys the day off. And um, you know, just just go back. Like, there's they're burning a different kind of fuel now, right? It's a different kind of fuel um, heading into Game Five. It's not, okay, can we close this off? So I, I just I think it's all right. The, the only thing I was going to say was I, I've never complained about the officiating and all the times I've called in. I, I thought the ref refing took the wind out of the sails. I just thought there was some chinsy stuff. And then the other thing I was going to leave you with, it's not a, it's, it's a discretionary thing, but I thought that. Bussaw could have come out after the, or pardon me, not Bussaw. I thought that Talbot could have come out after the third goal. I thought at that point in time, there was still energy that could be captured and infused by a goaltending change at that time. And, you know, whatever, he chose not to, but I thought it just was almost a little bit circus like to get that fourth and fifth goal. So that was the only kind of contention that I have with the event tonight or the game tonight was I just thought that. It would have been nice to see Coach McClellan be a little bit more aggressive and assertive there and try to capture some energy. So it would be just interesting to hear your thoughts on that. I know you guys don't second-guess, but what your thoughts would be on that. And then just, just uh, I'll just hang up and let you guys go with that. So thanks. Yeah, well, I, I actually wondered if maybe he was going to be pulled after the fourth because by that point it's... Over. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have done it after the third because it's still it's still fairly early and, and I think you wanted to give it the team a chance to work back in it. After, after the fourth, definitely I would have considered it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really mattered after the fourth. I wouldn't have pulled him after the third simply because at that point you still feel you have a chance to win the game. It's only three goals. And Talbot's your goalie. I mean, it, there's no comparison between him and Bersois right now. So I wouldn't have. As for the refereeing, 
I had no real issues with the refs tonight. If if you you watch the highlights, that I think it was that this was Sportsnet. The game was on tonight, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So you watch the highlights. Connor McDavid could have got four flying elbows penalties tonight because of the frustration that he had in his game. So I, this was a game that Edmonton was not good, and I don't think it had anything to do with the referees. They simply got outplayed tonight, and, and that happens in the playoffs. And to me, the game is over, and I agree that this means nothing going forward. I, I think the others are just as confident. I think this helps the San Jose Sharks in their dressing room feel good about themselves. But game five, first shift, all momentum is just gone from this game. Well, you see how they react. I mean, if the Oilers wind up losing the series in six, then I think you point to this. I, I, personally, Rob, I, I just don't think we know how it's going to affect them till we see how it plays out. I, I, I will see this, and I, I saw all the tweets like, well, now the Sharks have outscored the Oilers in the series. You know, like, it's not total goals. No. I, I mean... <laughs> to me, I've, I've, been, I've been in games that where we've gotten beaten badly and then it, it's done. It, it, honestly, it is. It's done. They come out the next game. Now, I do believe that the San Jose Sharks will get a bump off this. They will because a lot of their players that were snake-bitten feel good about themselves. It would be the same if, if Connor McDavid would have had four goals tonight and going into game five, he's like, well, you know, I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling good about myself. Well, right now, Pavelski and Couture and Thornton and Burns and Marlowe, guys that have struggled or have not found anything offensively, have now. So I believe they will have a bump off this. But again, in the game of hockey, if momentum from the game before meant everything, then every series would be 4 nothing because whoever won the first game would have momentum for the final three games. So momentum ends as soon as this game ends. And game five, something silly will happen, some bounce will happen, some penalty, some good bounce, some bad bounce, some good save, some bad save will change that game and start the momentum going in another way. Got a text here from Luke who says McDavid has looked shaky the whole series. He has a lot of weight on his shoulders. Do you think being a young captain in his position is affecting his play? Probably. Probably somewhat. Um, the whole weight of the city and probably northern Alberta is on his shoulders. Uh, I, I have not seen frustration in Connor McDavid's game all season long. And we, we, we saw it tonight. When he's out there trying to throw the flying elbow, or he gives a guy a couple cross-checks to the back of the head. That's never been Connor's game. So, yeah, I do believe there's probably some pressure affecting him, but that doesn't mean he's not going to come out in game five and have five points. And so. he's dealt with it his whole life. Yes. I, mean, yeah, I, know, this he's, I f- know he's still a relatively yeah. young human being, but as we've talked about before, ever since he was eight years old, the other team has been, go get that guy. He's dealt so with he a little... Dealt with he's it. dealt with pressure that we haven't been able to even fathom for as long as he, he's been involved in the sport of hockey. Let's go back to San Jose, and here's the Oilers' captain. Learn from a game like that. Uh, you just scrap it. You know we were bad tonight. Obviously, um, you know that's not our, our our team. That's not our game. Uh, we haven't been like that you know, all year. So you know, I think uh, it's a one-off and take the game tape and throw it away. They scored really early in that game, Connor. Did you feel like that maybe second year feels you didn't quite recover from the shock of that? Uh, just. Not too sure what it was. Um, you know, we, we kept getting power plays and they kept capitalizing, and um, that's going to happen. We, we talked about not taking penalties and you know, put ourselves behind the eight ball early and you know, couldn't really battle back. The frustration of not being able to do much 5 on 5, is that a factor? No, not at all. You know, honestly, we up until this point, we've been we've been real good. Uh, you know, take game one away, I, you know, we, we, I think we've, we've uh, you know, been the better team uh, in those two, but. Um, you know, tonight obviously got away from us, and my math still says it's 2-2. You know, you don't get two two games uh, for winning 7-0, so 
game series still 2-2, and, and uh, you know we're still in a good spot. Got a split here, and that's uh, what we came to do. All right, Connor McDavid ready to burn the game tape from this one. 7 nothing. the Sharks pound the Oilers tonight. We have PJ on the line. PJ, thanks for calling. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I I, uh, I actually live in Northern California. I've been a longtime Oilers fan since 1980. So uh, being here kind of <laughs> makes you on an island on your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, have, I have a question for you. Um, uh, from my understanding, uh, the Sharks, not, not the Sharks, I'm sorry, the Oilers were practicing in the dark this morning. <laughs> Is that true? Well, they they didn't turn the lights on in the arena or put the nets out until the exact start time of the practice. NHL players are always out early. So they skated okay. around in a dimly lit arena for a bit, yes. Do you think that had any effect on the game tonight? Well, no. the same thing happened for game three. So, okay. so no, it doesn't. Um, uh, another question I have: what, what kind of adjustments do you think you'll see on the next game here? Sorry, what kind, sorry, PJ. What kind of a what? What kind of adjustments do you see oh, the okay. Oilers making for Game Five? Well, I think they go back to their regular lines. I think Drysaddle will be back playing with Connor McDavid. I think they'll go with the lines that they had to start the series. Um, I think the Oilers will certainly talk about discipline, which uh, you can't keep giving up six, seven, eight power plays against. The San Jose Sharks' best players who had been hurt don't look hurt anymore, and you're putting a Thornton and a Couture and Burns and Pavelski on the power play that often, it's going to hurt you, and tonight it obviously did. So, and I, to me, it's get back to what they've been doing. I, I, the San Jose Sharks didn't just completely change everything, and the Oilers came out tonight and not know how to handle them. The San Jose Sharks just pushed harder than the Oilers tonight, and the Oilers just didn't push back like they needed to. And then things started going south, and all of a sudden you're looking up this mountain and you're like, I don't know how to get out of it. So to me, the only real adjustments will be the Oilers getting back to the lines they had to start the series, and their work ethic has got to be better right from the start. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Uh, this texture says, being that it's dry settle, of course he won't be suspended, but it would serve him better if he was as to realize his stupidity and help to control his emotions and frustrations. I agree with the other caller assessment of Nurse. Other than physicality, he is a bit slow. He's comparable to Reinhardt in similar ways. Uh, This texter says the refs are calling everything against the Oilers. Agree or disagree? Disagree. The Oilers have committed more fouls in this this, uh, series. It It was an odd label on the call on Cassian for delay of game. It should have been interference. It was interference. Yep. Look, the McDavid interference call, do you often see that overlooked when a team is already down a man? Yeah. Sure, but they called it tonight, and it was already 2 nothing when that happened, and the Oilers were getting beat. Yep. So no, I agree. that's all we have to say about that. We'll take a quick timeout. Mark's up next on the phone line. You'll also hear from Zach Cassian. Sharks cruise past the Oilers 7 nothing. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. On his hurdle. Ward to the net. Waiting. Dishing. Deflected. Slemko. Down the slot. Dishes off. One-timer to save. Made by Bristol. 
Yeah, Laurent Brassois finished the game. That's the save of the game for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot allowed five goals on 24 shots. Brassois, two goals on eight shots. It was an absolute runaway this evening. San Jose, two in the first, four in the second, one more in the third. Seven nothing is the final that ties the series 2 2. 780 is how you reach Rob and me, and we have Mark on line four. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, quick comment about uh, yeah tonight, or a bunch of comments. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with Jack Michaels and that that it uh, you just throw throw this one behind you. A gold differential doesn't count. It just will move on to game five. I think getting a split in San Jose. I mean, you're going home and you're tied to all. I, I mean, I, I think that's a total win for the Oilers because the Shark Tank has always been a tough place to play. And also, my, my friends on text and all that stuff are roasting Milan Lucic right now, and I'm defending him saying, hey, he's a, he's a leader. Okay, he hasn't done much, but I, I think his experience pays uh, a lot in this situation. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think Milan, in the first couple of games, everyone was talking the praises of how he, this he's come to the forefront and his leadership is showing and the physical play is what they brought him in for. I mean, after tonight's game, I, there's not a single player on the Oilers team that you can say, all right, you know what, he was okay. It, it was a bad night. I, I do agree with you. You know, there was a lot of people worried coming into San Jose. It's a 1-1. The, the, the San Jose Sharks did what they needed to do. They won in Edmonton. They now hold home ice advantage, and there was some fear that the others could be down 3-1 coming home. They got the split, and that was huge. Now they worked all season long to be ahead of the San Jose Sharks in the regular season to give them home ice advantage in the playoffs. That is hopefully will pay off as now they've got two of the next three on home ice. But as we talked about before the game, tonight's game, all the pressure was on San Jose because if they lose, Edmonton has a chance to, to, to eliminate them on home ice. Well, now all the pressure is on the Edmonton Oilers. Because if the Oilers do not win on home ice, San Jose will be putting the Oilers in elim- in an, into an, an elimination game where they get to play on home ice. So we will see how the Edmonton Oilers react to it. It's a young team that has been resilient all year long. Well, they're going to need all that resiliency on Thursday night because it will be their biggest test of the year. 7 nothing, Oilers lose. Let's go back to San Jose. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. There that, that ended his night just... Um, I think they called a spearing major and a game misconduct. So for him to make that play in that moment, um, frustrating for you? What do you... Oh, yeah, you don't want... Frustrating for him. uh, Frustrating for us because we put our penalty kill back on the ice for another five minutes. um, And, uh, you know, not necessary. So we'll fix it. The offense... Five on five continues to struggle a little bit. Theirs woke up a little bit tonight. How much? A little bit. Woke up a lot tonight. They got yeah. some power play goals Let's too. call it how it was. It was a lot. Fair enough. Um, how much is the onus on your top scorers to find a way to, to start scoring some? Well, we're we're learning as we go. Our, our top scorers haven't experienced this level of hockey. They really haven't. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Thornton, Marlow, Pavelski, Burns, and uh, I think Martin started the night, those are some pretty experienced guys that have lived through these types of games, and uh, they knew where they had to take it. Our guys now have experienced it, 
And, um, yeah, we're going to have to score some goals. But um, I'm pretty confident in predicting we're not going to get eight in, in Edmonton. So we have to prevent some goals, too. And, and uh, we have to stay out of the penalty box. Um, I think I've said that in games one, two, and three already. So eventually it's going to get through to our group um, and uh, fix some things. So offensively, defensively, uh, zone play, neutral zone, offensive zone, you can start anywhere you want. we got a lot of things that we got to repair going into game four, but that's okay. Uh, we'll do it. McDavid is your offense, has been your offensive leader all year. They have put the blanket on him through four games. There's no question. Uh, can you coach his way out of this, or does he have to play his way out of this? I think he's got to experience his way out of it. Um, his teammates and his coaching staff have to help him. All right, that's Todd McClellan with, I think, some uh, mature comments, though you heard a little bit of a frustration, obviously, after a 7 nothing loss to San Jose. I, I love the comment. I can pretty much guarantee we're not going to score eight on home ice. We're probably going to have to be a little bit better defensively. I, I love his, his honesty, and it's true. There's a lot of players that have not played at this level. I mean, this this is different hockey than you play in the regular season. That's why it's so exciting for us as fans to watch. San Jose Sharks players have experience. They know what it's like. The Oilers now have experienced when it's a, an important hockey game, how you have to elevate because San Jose did. Now the Emmett Oilers have to do that on Thursday night on home ice. Uh, Tom says, why not take David DeHarnay out for Anton Lander? Another texter, and a couple of people said they have seen Jesse Puglia-Yarve in Edmonton. Neither guy has actually been called up. Uh, now, obviously, it's just a paper transaction mm-hmm. to do that. I, I, I don't... I don't know if throwing Jesse Puglia-Yarve into Game 5 is necessarily uh, realistic. Uh, I mean, we're talking about Connor McDavid learning how to play at this level and having no experience of it. Imagine a Puglia-Yarve, what he's going to have to go through if he was to play in that game. I don't see those as lineup changes. I do see both of them getting called up and skating with the Oilers uh, right away, but I don't see those two going into the lineup, no. All right, we got Damon on the line, 780-496-0063. Hi, Damon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Uh, I just want to make a couple comments. Um, the first couple games, the order's discipline was not too great, as you guys can pretty much tell from the 12 chances sounds they had. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after game three, when they had, like, three penalty kills, I think, I expected our discipline to get better. But uh, tonight, obviously, was not good. And I understand uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid's frustration, but they got to try to keep their cool under this kind of pressure. But you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And Todd McClellan touched on that. The You, you are not going to beat the San Jose Sharks if you continue to take silly penalties. And some of the penalties the Oilers took tonight were silly. And you can't do that. The San Jose Sharks are a veteran hockey club that... Uh, missed opportunities in the first couple of games on the power play, you know that's not going to happen for the entire series. Full board of calls. We're getting to everybody. We do have to take a quick news and weather break, though. 7 nothing. The Sharks spanked the Oilers tonight. The series is tied at 2. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 11.34. 
Really rough one for the Oilers tonight. They do not play well. 7-0 San Jose. Storms to victory. Four power play goals for the Sharks. The best of seven is tied 2-2. No Japanese Village goal light. The Oilers have to score five or more for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630shed.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and Northside. Rob, we should just also quickly check the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. Rangers edge the Habs 2-1. That series is tied 2-2. Yeah, going back home, Montreal, they have home ice advantage, best of three. Blue Jackets stay alive, a 5-4 win over the Penguins. They were up 3-0, Penguins kept fighting back, but the Blue Jackets win, Penguins are up 3-1 in the series. Yeah, Pittsburgh has a chance on home ice to finish that one off. And we were just watching on the internet, uh, or following on online, Lethbridge beating Medicine Hat 5-4 in Game 7 overtime of a second-round series in the Western Hockey League. Lethbridge got the game-winning goal shorthanded in overtime in Game 7 in Medicine Hat. That one hurts. That one, we talk about how games can sting. A 7-0 game doesn't sting. Losing in overtime when the other team is shorthanded, that one stings a lot, and it'll be a long summer for that coaching staff and a bunch of those kids. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Donald on the line. Hey, Donald, thanks for calling. Hey, I was wondering if they could keep a cap down with Sorry, Donald, can you say that again? If the Nick keep the next game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. And if they're going to do any more line juggling with the defense in that the next game? I, I honestly think that the lineup will be the same personnel-wise. I think that you are going to see the Lions go back to what they were in the first Game of the series, you're going to see Drysaddle back up with McDavid. Uh, you'll see Letestu back on the third line playing center, and Darnay and Pouliot back on the fourth. That's what I believe. I don't think there'll be any defensive changes. Uh, I don't think Griba will come in. I, I think that they, when you look at games, I think the coaching staff is just going to forget about this game and remember what his lineup did in game three and hope that they can replicate that on home ice. I know uh, one gentleman on the text line here is saying, why isn't Matt Hendricks uh, a possibility to come in? He could help in the face-offs. He has heart and veteran leadership. Slepeshev is good, but too inexperienced. I don't know if they would throw Hendricks in. I, I doubt it. I, I mean, I think Packerinen is above him on the depth chart, and then you have Kara and Hendricks as the other two extra forwards. I I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, got, I got no bad things to say about Matt Hendricks. Nope. But I think we have to be realistic about his 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 ceiling as a player at this point in his career. So I don't think that, I mean, I guess maybe I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think that's the way they go. And I think if you're going to pull a player out, it would be DeHarnay. And I don't know if, I just don't know if they're going to make that change right now. You'd probably put, I mean, I think Packerinen would be the guy to go in because he can kill penalties and he can play with some energy. The problem with that is then you... If depends who you're taking out. If you take, right, well, it depends who you're taking out. Yeah, if sure. you're taking DeHarnay out, well, then all of a sudden you don't have that centerman you need. So a Packer in and couldn't be the guy. So, and you got to remember the last time Matt Hendricks played. I mean, he, he was either the last game he played or the second last game. He played three and a half minutes. Yeah. So, you know, I think we got to be realistic about how he's. And I know DeHarnay hasn't played a lot, but he's still played more than that. We got Lloyd on the line. Hi, Lloyd. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? We're doing well. Uh, right on. Yeah. No, I I I'm just sharing what you're saying there, but. I really think they should get Hendricks back in the lineup because uh, I think Grit and Will, and he has a lot of it. He's, he's tailor-made for playoff hockey. And nope. I believe, too, I think they should put Griba back in because 
I think in a, I think this series is going to go a long way, a long series. And uh, like he's a big man, and when he hits people in front of the net and on the boards, I know he gets burnt sometimes, but uh, he's. I think that pays dividends when it goes to a longer series. You know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying. The problem with, with, with putting Grib in because I, I think Benning has played well on the right side. And that's the right. only one that you're going to take out is Benning. You're not going to take anyone else out. And yeah. I think going forward, I think tonight's game was an aberration. I think this series is going to be games that are going to be one one nothing or 2-1. Just what we've oh. seen earlier. And if uh, one mistake, and grab it in the game one, two goals were, were on him. They were mistakes that he made. And I just don't think in game five you can afford a guy to make game-changing mistakes. And I think you see more of those out of a Griba than you will out of a Benning. I do understand his physicality, and I do understand him wearing the other team down, but the San Jose Sharks are fast, and we saw that tonight, and those are the teams that Griba will struggle against. So I don't think okay. the change will be made. Having said that, uh, after a 7 nothing loss, anything is on the table. Okay, I understand your point. I disagree, but <laughs> that's no. all right. Hey, you sound and, like uh, my wife. She disagrees with everything I say, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one other thing I wanted to say. Was uh, I think that coach has to own this a little bit, too, because when he changed up the lineups, he kind of messed up the chemistry, but it, was, it wasn't broken. So, like, why try and change it in the third period of the third game there like that? And uh, I think it's kind of messed up. Uh, I think it frustrated Dryside a little bit. And... Uh, and I, I don't think that was a good philosophy, or you know, a coaching philosophy move. I really don't. Well, I, you know what? That I agree with you with. I, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Drysdale, and I think his best spot will always be right beside Connor McDavid. And I think that the way things were going, I mean, even when they changed, I mean, it was a zero-zero game. And frustration, yes. Frustration, a lot of it came from the fact that things weren't going well for neither Connor or Leon and they weren't playing together. So I would have had them together for this game. I expected them to be get together. I said that on the pregame show, that I thought the line would be back to normal. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised that it wasn't. Yeah, I thought they would be back together as well. All right, Lloyd, you're going to finish the play. You already have an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. If you're correct, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. We've got Sekra. He'll move it to Nugent Hopkins on the half wall. Crowded, kicked it back. Sekra, slap pass over to Everly. Left circle, shot saved made by Jones. Rebound, backdoor, slid wide. What a chance for Nugent Hopkins. He had the open right half of the cage and missed. All right, so that was a great scoring chance for the Oilers. Nugent Hopkins shot wide. Martin Jones didn't even have to make a save on that one. For finish the play, who is San Jose's backup goaltender? Is it Aaron Dell or Vesa Toscala? Who do you say, Lloyd? Oh, my goodness. Pick A. You, Pick you got A. Me on this one. Go A, say, well, Lloyd. 50-50. I'll say uh, Aaron Bell. It is Aaron, it is Aaron Dell, yes. <laughs> Vesta Toscala no longer plays for the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> I don't think he's in the NHL anymore, is he? I don't know. I don't think he has been for a while. I can't remember seeing it. Last I thought he was in Toronto, but no. Dell, I don't think we're going to see Dell anytime in this series either. Well, you never know. We didn't think we'd see LB. Uh, good point by you. Actually, you know what? I take that back. That's a very good point by you. All right. So Lloyd Wins finished the play tonight. Got a little fun with it there. Oilers lose, however, 7 nothing to San Jose. Dougie is on the line. Hi, Dougie. How you doing? Good. Go I ahead. Would, uh, honestly, it's, you lose one, you lose by one, you lose by seven. It's a loss. 
And if anything, you're coming home, and Oilers fans just uh, they're they're disappointing sometimes. We can't just win every game, and there's seven games. It's not like football. I think that we should uh, just shake it off, get here on uh, Thursday, and uh, hopefully win it in San Jose. But I guarantee you, the Oilers are going to win on Thursday. There's no uh, there's no chance they're going to. They're going to screw that one up. Wow, a Mark Messier guarantee right there. And he hung up. He just yeah. dropped the mic. He dro- well, he did. He had what he had to say. And well, it, and anyone that thought that this series was not going six or seven games didn't understand how close these two teams were all season long. Uh, they got a team in San Jose that for most of the season everyone expected to win the division. They are the defending Western Conference champions. They got, they're getting healthier as the series goes on, and you got the Oilers who came into the playoffs as hot as any team in the National Hockey League. It was going to be a long series. Hopefully, it's a long series that ends up in with the Oilers being the victors and moving on. But in a long series, there's, you're going to have off nights. You're going to have games that don't go your way, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, I mean, it got out of hand. Todd McClellan made a, a boxing comparison a few days ago saying okay so somebody throws a jab the other team throws a jab back and forth you go I mean look it's disappointing certainly a lot of people were probably tuning out halfway through the second period tonight and we've said most Oilers games have been close even when they've played poorly or had an off night a lot of times they've been within a goal in the third period it is it I mean this is their worst loss of the year it's their worst playoff loss ever by the way if you missed that earlier they'd lost by six a couple of times earlier in their history but yeah if you would have told me a week ago without telling me the scores that it was going to be 2-2 after four I would have thought well that's yeah that's extremely likely so the Oilers like that they just they have to park it it's now they they've parked games where they've played bad but the scoreboard hasn't been bad. Mm-hmm. Now we have to see if they can park one where the scoreboard's actually embarrassed them. Well, you, you just look at, you don't look at how they got here. You look at where they are. They're 2-2 in a best of seven series, and they are the home team for two of the final three games. This is what you want. So you don't look at how you got here. Just be excited about the fact that this is where they need to be and want to be, and let's go game five and play it and see what happens. All right, we have Robert on the line. Hi, Robert. Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. Well, well, I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, I think uh, obviously, as a, as a lot of other people have said about this game, I think this one you just you know you you put it behind you, you move on, you know, and then you know you, know, you go ahead to game five, the best of three with uh, home ice advantage for the Oilers. And my other thought is on Drysital. I I I agree with with what was said earlier. I I, I kind of I, I could potentially see him being. Fined for his spear, but not not suspended. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Thanks for the call, Robert. Just because you have to do something pretty severe in the playoffs. I mean, we saw what Matt Calvert did mm-hmm. to, against the Penguins. Uh, I mean, hitting a guy that he'd already injured, basically. Yeah. Uh, um, Marchand got two kind of not meaningless, but he got games 81 and 82 for a, a spear at the end of the regular season. And he's a man with a track record. Yeah, Leon doesn't have any. No. And he, it was no, it, by no means was it a clean play by Leon. He absolutely got, he should have been thro- thrown out of the game. Yeah, every, I mean, it, was, the, it was a no-doubter. Yep, the, the refs got it right, and now we'll see if the National Hockey League get it, gets it right. And I think, to me, it's a fine and a, you know what, don't be stupid. And hopefully Leon will learn from this and come back. A lot of times when you play guilty, you have big games. He'll be playing guilty, hopefully, 
in Game 5. It is 11.46. Series is tied 2-2. San Jose crushing the Oilers 7-zip tonight. You'll hear from Zach Cassian when we get back. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse this Overtime. This is Open Overtime Line. Overline. Oilers Radio, 630 Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 7-0 San Jose. Whipping the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Series is tied 2-2. Pavelski scored twice. Couture scored twice. Singles for Sorensen, Marlowe, and Schlemko. Four power play goals for San Jose. They went four for eight with the man advantage. Martin Jones gets the shutout along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. I know some people have been texting about Patrick Maroon. Pretty quiet series for him. I know there are questions that asking if he's injured. I mean, he did miss the final regular season game, which was you know a week and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. He took a couple pucks in the second last regular season game in in Vancouver. I mean, I don't know if he were that if he were that banged up. Obviously, he wouldn't be in, in the lineup. So I don't know. Uh, to me, I think that there was so much focus by the Oilers early in the series to run San Jose, to be physical on them, that I think at times they've gotten away from what made them strong as a team. You know, Patrick Maroon has always been a, f- a force physically he's a power forward but during the regular season you didn't see him going around punching guys in the head cross-checking guys after the whistle you know drilling somebody with two cross-checks to the back in a goal crease i think it's it's taking him off his game and taking him off what makes him successful patrick maroon is better when he's playing when he's on Connor McDavid's line, driving through the middle, working in front of the crease, then what right now what he's doing, which is continually sitting in the penalty box. So sometimes you have a goal, and that's to be physically imposing, and that goal takes you away from what you're good at. So I think Patrick Maroon, to just get back to doing what he does well, stay on this side of the line, and be a productive player offensively instead of worrying about running the San Jose Sharks because it's not affecting San Jose. They they don't seem to mind getting hit. They get keep getting back up, keep coming back at you. They're welcoming the penalties right now that the Edmonton Oilers have been taking. All right, back to San Jose. Here's Zach Cassian. Um, they score a goal first shift. We talk about being good the first ten minutes. Uh, we marched to the penalty box. We had guys playing a lot of minutes on the PK. Um, it, it's tough losing in the regular season, let alone getting beat like that in the playoffs. But the sun will come up tomorrow. It's uh, short-term memory. We got a. We got great fans back home, and it's time to regroup. And we know we got better. It's a matter of doing it back home. All right, there's Zach Cassie and seven nothing. The Sharks win tonight. We have Greg on the open line. Hi, Greg. Thanks for calling. Hey guys, how's it going? We're doing well. Well, I just wanted your opinion. Um, well, sorry, I just tuned in, um, but uh, I'm just wondering if anybody had mentioned if uh, Nuge were to score that goal, what do you think the the momentum shift would have been, and if you think that the, the game would have taken a different turn at that point um it's hard to say at what ifs obviously when you put the puck in the net it's going to give your team a boost and maybe put a little chink in their armor i think for the most the san jose sharks were the better team from start to finish in all all facets of the game oh hands down for sure but as we, we i mean i didn't watch all of the flame game last night but they were winning a game by three in total control and all of a sudden, a goal brings them a little bit closer, and all collapse by the flames. So, yeah, it, it, maybe that would have been a difference. Maybe it could have helped. But at the end of the day, the San Jose Sharks deserve the win, whether it's seven nothing, five one, four one, whatever you want to call it. They were the better team, and they deserve the the, the well, big win. Well, you guys can blame uh, 
me and my family for it because um, <clears throat> the last two games we had the whole family up, school night or not, watching the game with their jerseys on. It was just me and my wife. So, so I'll blame that one on it's, my kids. It's your kids' fault. Absolutely. <laughs> you get those kids up and you give them a stern talking to right now. They are not going to bed early again. Thanks for calling, Greg. We appreciate it. It's 11.54. Our next broadcast is going to be game broadcast is going to be Thursday night 6 o'clock face-off show from Rogers Place. The game will start at 8.30. That'll be game 5. There will be a game 6. And you know what, Rob? I have not seen I hope I haven't missed anything. I have not seen a start time announced for game 6, but it will be Saturday in San Jose, I think likely at 8. And it might also depend on if there's any other games going on that night. Because there, well, there's some series that could be finishing right away. Canadians and Rangers uh, let me check. Because they're the same night we are, right? Yeah, right now. But I know that some other series have been flip-flopping. Yeah, true. But I'm sure that the the NHL is going to look to see what else now, is going on. Now, it's in New day. York. Sometimes they could do an afternoon game. Yep. It's more likely to happen in a, in a U.S. market. But I, so, so we'll see. There will, there will be a game six on Saturday. Uh, game five, six o'clock face-off show, 8.30 puck drop here on 6.30, Chad. That's on Thursday night. I want to say thanks to Kellen Kennedy. He's been our studio producer this evening. You can get more coverage on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Rob, have a great night, buddy. Yeah, looking forward to game five. Tough one for the Oilers. San Jose scores 15 seconds into the game, and they go on to win 7-0. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. 